God. Hi, Barry. Hi, Adam. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. Anything uh, you always bring up the good point. <laughs> well, I've um... been so busy this week. It's been crazy. Absolutely. I haven't. I've been working from six in the morning till 10 at night every day. I just uh, the beginning of the academic year. It's I think it's something about Zooms that it makes it so easy to have meetings. People are just creating more and more meetings and and uh so much going on i can't get i can hardly get any work done <laughs> uh, same boat but um but anyway um well we were talking about a couple different things before so we're talking about um the nature of body maps in the brain and how those might differ across individuals and maybe species so like definitely you might think of like a human's homunculus or a ratunculus mm. and like or even other species like what would how would the body maps be similar or different at different levels of organization they they well in terms of uh the uh size and shape of different brain regions uh, it's very clear that you can, uh, I mean, I do this with my students. I tell, I, I show them a brain of, of uh, as we were talking about last, last time, um, the brain of a rabbit and a cat, the, the, the uh, ratunculus and the catunculus. In other words, the body map on the, on the sensory cortex of um, the rabbit and cat and compared to human and they they can pick out just based on the uh size the relative size of the different parts of the body represented on the sensory map they can tell what the lifestyle of the animal is and so in other words it's uh the more neurons there are devoted to a particular function the more precise and the more uh discriminative the better better uh, spatial resolution that is the better um detail that uh the animal detects or the organism we detect i mean you know a, a, a clear analogy is um uh the number of pixels in a on a screen that uh you know uh the mac uh pro book um the, or rather the pro macbook the uh, display what the window arrow. display yeah. yeah the retina display retina. they boast that the, the more the they have a tremendous uh an increase in concentration of individual pixels because that gives much greater detail you can see much greater detail so you can imagine if you have uh if you take try to take a photograph on a on a screen with um say a, mi uh, a million pixels in the area each each pixel being sensitive to some input and it's all let's say in a, uh, a one square inch area in the back of your camera that the the input is coming into 
uh, a million pixels that if you compare that to say uh, uh, a camera that has a hundred pixels in the, on the screen, you can under, you can see that with a million pixels, you get you can get much greater detail in 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 the photograph than if you are dealing with only a hundred pixels. It's the same thing on a computer screen. The more pixels there are per unit area, the greater the detail. Would you consider um, a cortical column to be a pixel? And like, do you do? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true, and they're, they're, the the columns are all packed together. Would you say? So one thing, so you know, uh, Mount Castle. Um, and others uh, like suggested like th that there's this common sort of significance of cortical organization um, based on like a kind of layered columnar architecture. But in terms of like the, if you look across different cortical areas, there um, there's differences, but they're largely similar. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah, because it's not. It's I don't think it's the the column per se. It's the number of columns per unit volume of the cortex. It's just, I mean, it's, in other words, uh, a, a, col a, a column is, uh, or a, a neuron is to a column as a pixel is to a voxel. So is it like, um, but this broader organization, um, so like, you know, different types of columns. So like some people would talk about the significance of like a, a micro column, like roughly like, a hundred neurons, maybe um, developmentally, like crawling up the same radial, radial glial cell, and maybe having some unit there. So um, there's the idea that this could like represent like some feature in space. But then other people would focus well, it, it on does. Like, the no, macro it, it's column. Not, level. It's not as if it does something in space. It it does. In the case of the whiskers, in the case of uh, the the whisker map in rats uh, that Woolsey did, um, different and also Welker, Wally Welker. Um, that in a particular column, that I would say a particular column is devoted to a particular whisker. So this, these would be whisker barrels as macro columns. Wh whisker, whisker barrels at each, and what, what the barrel is what you're talking but about. These are much column. larger though. These are like a hundred thousand neurons or something like that. Correct? Okay. But, but the, the idea is of uh, the barrel is made up of, of uh, it, it's, it's like a column. It's like a, a fat column. But, but, so, they're, but they're big, though, correct? But they're big, yeah. But the thing is that the, that one, one barrel represents one vibrissa, one whisker. And the different uh, neurons in the column, in the barrel, the, going down deeper, you know, away from the surface, they code a particular angle of deflection of that whisker. And so the micro columns would be giving you this like angle of deflection. Their organization, exactly. the macro column would give you the overall vector of the whisker. And this is the whisker. Okay, there. but not only, not only, yeah, not only the vector of the whisker, but the whisker itself, the whisker as, opposed, itself. as opposed to the neighboring whisker, which has a different column. Would you say, so I'm trying to make sense of like different kinds of columns. So for instance, one analogy or disanalogy would be like between like an ocular dominance column in V1 and a whisker barrel column or maybe somewhere else. And so uh, it's the how same would those idea. Be similar because the orientation, because that column uh, in the 
in the visual system, um, different different neurons in the column represent different orientations hmm. of the visual input. So it's very similar. Would you say that um, this would be, so for instance, let's say we're looking at the somatosensory or we're looking at like um, S1 or, or the where the whisker barrels are. Are these just perceptual? Are they both perceptual and motor structures? Well, probably, well, or, I mean- Like, do they have I, motor component? Like, can they control the, the whisker I, to some degree? I, or? I think, I don't know. In the, in, that's a good question. In the rat, I don't know if it's a motor control, but I mean, in, in the human homunculus, the, the motor, you know, you have the, the uh, sensory homunculus, the map, the body map, where the hands and the feet and the face, and they're all in different places, you know, systematically arranged uh, linearly over the surface. Um, and that's in that, and, and immediately in front of that is the motor system, which has the same map. And there- There's so, a slight difference. You, well, slight you point, you yeah, point well, out a, a difference that made a difference last week. That a I never slight noticed. difference is the the genital, no genitals in the in the motor map. But yeah. the point is that the the, uh, uh, the 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 face is in the back in the postcentral gyrus for the sensory cortex, and the face is right in front of it in the uh, precentral gyrus, um, and so the the maps are almost congruent. The sensory and the motor. So, and but it's you're probably somewhat of the a connection of labor, though, based on the connectivity, where you have like. So, do you have, for instance, in a rat, and this, um, do they have motor whisker barrels, or would this just be in the yeah, sensory? You know, side? I I don't know. I, it's a good question because I know they map. Uh, Woolsey uh, mapped it according to um, the the sensory response. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I, I just, I haven't followed so that part up. Part of what but... I'm, I'm trying to figure out is so um, uh, I was very influenced by this um, book that came out around 2004 or five called Unintelligence by Jeff Hawkins. And so he basically tried to argue um, this idea of like all of cortex having like a common algorithm. Um, and it's just like the different functions are where you are, like the location, location, location. But in more recent work, he's making these arguments that um, the cortical macro column, that each one is a complex um, modeling system capable of um, having both sensory and motor properties everywhere, no matter what. But rather than it being like, um, he, he, make, he makes a variety of claims. I have, I have mixed feelings about at this point, but um, I haven't ruled them out. But the, the idea is that, um, so for instance, like. He'll argue that uh, um, you, you've laid down this basic cortical circuit, um, like with the hippocampal and entorhinal system for navigation, but that this laid the template for the rest of the cortex, and that every column, he argues, is um, a, a, a system that has like things like general head direction cells, general place cells, general grid cells, and that each one is doing like object modeling. So, like if you were talking about something like a whisker barrel, the whisker would be encoded in the macro column as a kind of object with a, with a reference frame for its coordinates and it would be its own sensory motor object. And the claim is that all of cortex is doing this. The mixed feelings I have is I'm wondering whether um, you're having different types of columns depending on 
whether you're actually getting the closure of an action perception cycle. So like, are you like actually having something that like you can wiggle independently and then you get the feedback from it and then this is like an object. But like the idea that like all of cortex everywhere is, um, it's hard to summarize this model. The new book is called The Thousand Brains Theory. And the idea is that every, oh. he should call it the 100,000 brains theory because he's saying like for a human, but like every column is doing the same thing of this. And, and every, so every column does its computation. Uh, it's, yes. it's not just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm open to not, this, but it's, it's, it's I'm open to it too. It, it's not a bad idea if it's yeah. true. I, you know, what I, I'd like to know what the evidence is. I mean, there does seem to be evidence uh, for it in, in the sense of, uh, you know, there, uh, in a particular column there, there seems to be uh, at least sensitivity to different orientation in the whiskers and, and also in the visual, in the visual columns that, that, uh, you know, depending on the angle of the line, you get activation of uh, one or different neurons within a particular within a particular uh, column, and it, the column is representing a particular point in the uh, photographic plate. You know, it's like that. I'm, so, yeah, and and I, I sound very skeptical of the idea, but the, the one idea is like the question is like, what's the nature of the modeling of the information for the column? Yeah. So, like the idea that like you're actually having an object with its own reference frame for something yeah. like you're describing for whisker. I'm like, sure. But is that all of cortex? Is that I, every I, ocular dominance column? I don't know. I don't know. I, as I told you, I, you know, it's relatively recently that I've been kicked, that I've been brought kicking and screaming into the cortex. Because uh, I was uh, happy in the, in the lower brainstem and uh, happily spending my career in the lower brainstem. And suddenly through as a result of the work I'm, of the research I'm doing, I'm, I'm dragged into the cortex, into cortical function. So I have to learn all this stuff. Um, and anyway, there, but, there's other places where um, I'm curious, like, uh, like I'm going to drag you there, but who else is dragging you in that direction? My research that in order to understand what I'm, I mean, like, you know, studying orgasm and uh, there's a lot of uh, activity all over the brain, not just in the brainstem, the cortex, the hippocampus, amygdala, bra uh, basal ganglia, you know, that's all, and, and, and the pleasure, you know, trying to deal with the difference between pain and pleasure, it, it involves the, the uh, basal ganglia, which uh, that's a nightmare, and the uh, interaction between locomotion and motivation, uh, which is, I think that's really a fascinating uh, aspect because the basal ganglia are, are doing movement and motivation. And they're intimately linked, and and you know, it's, uh, with dopamine, uh, you know, the two, the the mesolimbic system and the uh, uh, the uh, uh, what is it, me uh, mesolimbic and uh, striatal me uh, mesostriatal uh, system, nigrostriatal Nigro, system, yeah. nigrostriatal system, and the and the uh, so you know they're intimately linked. And so those two things go together and, and you know, uh, well, bar, a, a rat that's bar pressing, uh, it's, it's expressing the, the motivation. So the two, the, the movement and the, and the desire are, are, are intimately linked in the most primitive way. But that's another, that's another, uh, that's another story. But I, I wanted to get back, if you don't mind, I, I, I just wanted to get back to sort of um, complete the, my, my, the thought that you raised, raised in the beginning of, of the, the um, that, that 
why that that you can tell you can you tell something about the the life of the animal of the organism by looking at the 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 shape of the brain of the and the relative size of different regions so for example and and the the principle is that the more neurons there are devoted to a particular function the the greater the resolution the greater the precision of the movement and the greater the resolution of the sensory input in other words how detailed you know uh, technically it's called the two-point discrimination threshold for sensory system in other words how um how far do two points have to be from each other in order for you to say that they're two points now rather than just one point which is an indication of of the detail of, of the 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 uh the, the the detail that the system is capable of in other words and and the, it's really very very surprising that um and i do this as a i use this as a demonstration in my in my in my class when when we have face-to-face -face classes um that you take two toothpicks and put them uh say uh, uh an eighth of an inch apart and you uh, the, the, the you're not looking at you're not looking at your finger you you put you put these two toothpicks an eighth of an inch apart, push, uh, touch your finger lightly, and you can tell it's two points. You 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 take that same that same thing, the same pair of toothpicks, and uh, touch it against your arm where you get a we we get an injection of you know a, a COVID injection, uh, and you know they say it's one point. So okay, then you move the points farther apart. You move them an inch apart. And uh, I press it against the same place in the arm, and they say, "How you know?" You say, uh, "What? How, how would you describe that?" And they say, "Well, I, I feel a point. You, you're you uh, poking me with a point." And then you you uh, uh, put the the, uh, the toothpicks two inches apart, and they say, "Yeah, you put you point you poking me with a with a point." You have to go more than two inches. To, for, and then they say, "Oh yeah, there are two two different points." That's does, the idea. Does this have and, exactly the same scaling as like a Penfield homunculus, or is it different? That's exactly that. So it's, what I do, that is I show scaling. a I, I show a picture of the of the Penfield homunculus and a picture of the there's a there's a very nice diagram of the two point discrimination threshold. In other words, how far apart the two points have to be in order that they're perceived as two points rather than one. And on the finger, it's about uh, four millimeters, which is about an eighth of an inch, four millimeters on the finger, but it, it's 40, 44 millimeters on the arm. In other words, you have to be 44 millimeters apart, which is like two inches or more, uh, or approximately two inches. I don't remember exactly the conversion, but. Uh, they have to be very far apart like that in order for you to detect that it's two different points on the arm. And when you look at the homunculus, I mean, so there's a map of, you know, the, uh, it's a picture of a guy, you know, a body lying, lying prone with, with the two point discrimination thresholds uh, shown as vertical lines. And it's very, very, they're very, very short uh, for the finger and the lips and very, very long for the upper arm and the, and the shin. The lower leg, and when you look at the map, at the Penfield map, the fingers have a tremendous representation, many many neurons, 
of actually the finger and the hand, the, 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 the hand and the face make up 50% of the homunculus. That means 50% of the 50% of the sensory neurons in the cortex are devoted to the hands and the face and the face and the rest of it, the rest of the enormous body is has a tiny representation on the, the homunculus and that's why when you when you see a picture of the, you know, a gnome made made up of, you know, a three dimensional uh, caricature of that, uh, it looks like very grotesque a giant, giant head giant hands and tiny body. And a big tongue also, because that also has a tremendous representation. Okay, so this is raising an issue for me. Um, uh, mind if I share my screen? Sure. So I wrote this paper recently that I published in Entropy. Uh, I call it the, the, the radically embodied conscious cybernetic Bayesian brain. Uh, Decides to make a very long title. Um, and part of what I'm doing is I try to like lay out as many of like I, my ideas as I could in one place in terms of how I think they go together. And so uh, this would be, um, in this figure, it's just the idea of um, cortex of what if you are having like these columns doing some sort of common process and then you're abstracting patterns of patterns of patterns throughout. Um, okay. yeah. I, I map this onto some ideas from machine learning that I think might be relevant, but that's not the thing to get into here, although we can talk about that later at some point if you're interested. But there is like the, the idea though of like um, trying to think of like a hierarchical rhythmic syntax of integration. Um, and that's what this figure is. But what place I want to get to is um, there's, uh, ah, here we go. So um, the claim was that, that I make at one point is that the Penfield homunculus at some point gets like re-represented into something that's more um, topographic. So you were describing yesterday, like you could see in this hierarchy of body maps, like if you had like the magic cap, which would have the perfect spatial and temporal resolution, every neuron, we've tracked every one, you could see these like electrochemical objects potentially at different levels showing up again, like as you're doing the jumping jacks, it would right. be following through. Exactly. And it would be, and in order, in, in, in order to uh, get that precision up to the cortex, the precision has to be there at every relay stop. So it has to be in the in the uh, medulla for the uh, uh, nucleus nuclei cuneatus, cuneatus and gracilis, and it has to be in the thalamus, um, the sensory thalamus, the the ventral posterior lateral thalamus, and and up to the up to the cortex. So you have to have the um, homunculus at each of those levels. So here's the question, at so so in an earlier version of this, I drew this um, the idea was like the Penfield homunculus, um, the hypothesis is, is it gets re-represented into like a quasi-topographic uh, representation that allows for better coupling across this I, control hierarchy, I, maintaining I the agree. top topography. I, I, I agree completely. But an interesting study I found suggested, so I was wondering whether this like inferior lateral parietal in, in a human, I know that might be a little bit shifted in a rodent, but the idea that this structure might be like what lets you have like the lived body, like the body as experienced. 
And we were discussing before you were saying you thought it would be like close to the motor system. And then I was wondering, well, how much motor is in their parietal? So maybe there's one in the front, one in the back. Maybe their coupling is what makes them conscious. I, I, I'm, in some of the models I'm working with, I'm, I'm thinking it's the back one, but maybe some people would say it's just the front one if there is such a structure. But no, it's probably it's no, no, I, I, uh, on. I, I don't think it's, uh, I, I think it does have multiple representations. The, the body maps or, or, or some aspect of the body maps must have multiple representations. I like, I'm looking at the picture that you have for the, uh, the upper, the upper rightmost picture where you mm -hmm. have uh, various body maps in various places in the, in the cortex. I mean, uh, another place that we didn't mention before that I didn't mention before is the somatosensory two area, which also has a body map. And that it looks like that's you may be drawing that in the middle of the temporal lobe, but it's probably in the insula uh, because oh, the, oh, the, oh, which the one? I mean, this one here, or yeah, no, the, uh, that whole that whole brain image. I'm talking yeah. about the whole the whole image with the with look. You have rep, body oh. representations. Oh, so this one here was the, the the insular one. I'm I'm like showing it like it's tucked in there. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's a that's a, that is a, but that has a different. No, the and the and the beauty of it is that they're all they all have different types of um, uh, uh, of response. In other words, in the insula, the somatosensory two, there are neurons that respond not only to the body map, but they not only you know like in the, in the somatosensory cortex S one the uh, you know, it, it was uh, uh, say it responds to um, uh, tapping um, tapping a finger. You know, a small group of neurons res uh, responds to tapping a finger one one finger. But in in, in S two, which which you have the little guy with the arrow going to the insula, that's where S two is, um, and the operculum of the of the cortex. It, it's insula and operculum. Um, then not only does that finger, not only if you record from a neuron in, in that in S2, not only does it respond to that finger, the same finger, but it may also respond to the same the same finger on the opposite side. It, uh, or it may respond to um, a visual input. In other words, the the uh, the, the somatosensory two, that's the idea of integration. Integration means that, you know, you may you may think that it's sort of sloppy, but that's what integration is. Because not all, you know, the the beauty of the somatosensory cortex S one is that it has very very specific response that a particular neuron responds to a very specific part of the body and only that one spot. But in S two, that particular a particular neuron that clear will, mapping across the pixels between the what uh, the, like the, the the pixels the the um well the columns. Like, like there's like a clear like specificity in in, so, in s1 in somatosensory one. one the primary somatosensory cortex but by the time yeah. s2 by, but when when but it, but when you get to s2 not only do you get an, if not only does a particular neuron in s2 respond to that same finger but it also responds to other fingers, fingers on the other side of the brain, uh, maybe to uh, auditory and tactile 
an, an auditory and visual input. It may respond, it has, it, it, it's a multimodal neuron, but that means that it's involved in responding to both, uh, say, uh, bilateral input that helps to relate uh, the, the left and right sides. Or it, if it responds to a visual input, it might be involved in eye-hand coordination. So in other words, it's much, it's more multi, the, the S2 neurons are more multimodal. They respond to multiple uh, modes of input, of sensory input. So not only, not only, not just one. And that is more integrative. Uh, above S2, what would you say would be hierarchically higher than that? And how would it change again? Well, you know, it, it, it could uh, S2. So I, I guess what I'm wondering is like, is there a level on top? So we start out with like yeah. this, hum, this homuncular representation of the Penfield homunculus. Right. And then, and then S2, you're losing some of the clear um, specificity of the mapping, but you're getting this multimodal richness. It, exactly. But I'm wondering, like, is there a it level keeps going. later yeah, yeah, where I, I you know what you mean. re-represent into re more of a geometric frame? Where yeah, actually, right. like, if you trace out the connections, the location, location, yeah. location gives you basically something that's a little bit actually pretty homuncular. We're actually no, you know, okay. left is left and right I, I, is right to some degree I, I, in the connectomics. I, 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 I know. I know what you mean. Uh, so, uh, you know, what, what I'm what I would expect possibly is that uh, you you uh, it would project to some place that also where neurons respond also to proprioception. So you and there would be a body representation of the of the proprioception. You know, because that that, in other words, to relate the sensation to the movement, there's got to be um, th that that's a, a different level of of uh, integration. Um, and, you know, I don't know where. Well, I know. Pro, pro I'm, I'm, I'm thinking lateral parietal cortex. It could be. It could the, be. The, and possibly it, a little inferior. I'm not sure in, in, in the human, but the. Well, the thing it looks. Was, so the, uh, to um, loop around a thread before I forget. So one thing that's interesting I found though, if you look at like the body representations of, uh, or if you look at like of that area, it seems that actually the proportions um, of the parietal body maps, um, I forget if it's inferior, it might be superior um, lateral parietal, but they're not of the Penfield homunculus. Right. Exactly. But that's but that's interesting because like um, I was wondering okay so maybe it's actually like the Penfield homunculus a lot of this would be very fast operation so it's like you actually don't want to have like you need exquisite sensitivity and control of like your yeah. face yeah but you, you're not controlling every single thing of your face that would be crazy and that's right. like not what it's like either like you feel your face but it's very like like a lot's going on, like reflexes of the face. Well, yeah. I mean, think of the the um, the eye blink reflex. That's controlled I'm not by face. That. What? I'm not controlling that. Right. Uh, but but you know, you and we're blinking. So I mean, there's something going on 
uh, that the blink is responding to um, uh, say a trigeminal input from the uh, from the cornea and you know and you blink when the cornea when when it gets irritated you blink and uh, so it's a response it's uh, the 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 the, the uh, eyelids are controlled by the facial nerve and the the cornea sensation by the trigeminal so so there's without us uh, voluntarily thinking about it we're we're uh, our you know we're activating that pathway from uh, trigeminal to facial to to control eye blinking in response to uh, the eyes getting dry and and um, uh, so there's got to be integration of that a uh, body map somewhere and i i mean you drew it looks like uh, if you can move the, your the, that last picture again i really like that in, that diagram uh, i'm going to use that um the uh because you, it looks like you have uh, i mean is that the eye on the hand in the in the uh, occipital uh, lobe yes and the eye in the hand and the uh, what the uh, motor the the eye field say so this would be like roughly like um uh, if you maybe like DLPFC here, um, and then this would be like uh, um, inferior or rather lateral parietal. Okay, lateral parietal. Posterior parietal, but like some combination of part of the, the, the claim, and I guess in, in a rodent would be different because it's like snout eye coordination, but in a human that you're getting this like intense intermingling of hand representations and eye representations right. so on that's, the mode that, and perceptual side. Okay, so that is an example of integration where one neuron responds to two different inputs, hand and eye. And that is most likely gonna be related to eye-hand coordination. And the advantage of having some, a neuron that responds to both is that it means that there's an intimate, uh, uh, an intimate connection between the eye and the hand, which is true. So um, that's, it's another kind of homunculus. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So it's, it's, oh, but, but maybe the way to, maybe the way, a nice way to express it, I don't know how you express it, but for me, I would say that it's a uh, conceptual homunculus mm -hmm. because, because I, if, if, if there are neurons that respond to both eye and hand input, that's got to be a higher level than the kind of slave-like um, response in the somatosensory cortex. So, and, and the, the brain is organized that way. I mean, they're, they're every, you know, di the, different, di the different functions uh, are represented by different neurons. There are some neurons that are slaves to the input and slaves to the output with that and slave meaning that they, they have one- In the technical one, sense. Like in a technical direct, sense. Directional, directional entrainment. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and they, they respond slavishly to, uh, you know, uh, the touching of the thumb. Uh, that's what, that's their job. Hmm. Uh, it, it's a slave in the sense of slavish, meaning, uh, you know, a, a, they don't have any option. They just do it. Or in the cybernetic sense of like. In the cybernetic sense. Okay. Yeah. But then when you get into something like a neuron that responds to visual and hand input, that is more conceptual because it's involved in coordination between uh, the, the uh, touch of the finger and the movement of the finger or the, or the touch of the finger and the and, and, uh, position of the eye. So, you know, it's that kind of thing. So it's more, it's more 
um, uh, integrative or more conceptual, higher order, higher order processing. At uh, one point can, in this paper, I, I make something of like the etymology of conceptual is like to grasp with. And the claim that I try to pursue is that every thought on like, even like an abstract conceptual level to be experienced ultimately um, and to be controlled ultimately is cashed out in some sort of sensory motor perception action hierarchy. And that actually ultimately you, you have to ground it in some sort of intermediate level physical representation of some kind like even something like we're like abstract like justice it would be like maybe a montage of images or a feeling in the body of rightness but that actually the concept of justice or like maybe there is some sort of like abstraction of like relations that's i don't know how you would do it like, like i don't know weighting scales or something but that ultimately though there's some image either right. sensory or visual spatial yeah I, and I think, you know, you know, this is maybe this is a crazy, my crazy idea, but I love crazy ideas. I think the the highest I, I think the the place where consciousness resides is in just before the motor output at the homuncular level. At the homuncular level, at, at some uh, conceptual or that there must be. Um, in other words, the, the, the reason for that is that there's integration between at some point, just before we do something voluntarily, I mean, quote voluntarily, we make some voluntary uh, action like picking up a, picking up a cup, um, that the, that all, everything, the whole system has to uh, funnel down into you know all the the all the uh, slavish inputs and all the slavish outputs, but all the slavish inputs and all the integration of all the senses and all the uh, motivations and all the factors and and memory and all everything that all has to funnel down into a decision or into a, a, a well a movement based on a decision so the the high it seems it seems to me that have the to high, ultimately interface with the spine and the full hierarchy of homunculi they're actually directly connected to the spinal motor pools the whole yeah the spine spinal ultimately cord. you have to interface uh, yeah, with that topographical to, system has, to actually the, generate the behavior exactly so right at the point that the behavioral movement is made that is a high just just before the actual motor output there that is the highest form of integration because that's the that's where the decision is we, we everything is integrated everything uh, everything comes together to do an, a simple output and because it has to be simple because we can't do trillions of computations you know, uh, we, we, our awareness has to be simple at some level. You need to reduce the dimensions. You need to. It has to be. Well, you need to be tracking to be, the school of fish rather than the individual fish. That's like, right. Like the, the whole, overall trajectory. The, and the easiest way to track the whole school of fish is by responding to the water current that they generate. 
that's that's the simplification. I, of so it. I wonder. So I've been wondering, like from earlier in the thread, I've been wondering whether, um, like, lateral parietal, maybe inferior lateral parietal, um, is one of the one of the primary places where you get that. But then you mentioned the two point discrimination, and so there's. I'm having trouble here. One second. Okay. Okay. The two point discrimination. You were mentioning that it's of a similar scale to the homunculus of Penfield's homunculus. Exactly. But in this one study that I found, it came out I think in 2020. It was looking at what I thought might be this um, representation that's now re-represented in a way that allows for this interfacing with the spinal homuncular hierarchy. I they are saying it's um, not of the same proportion, and that actually. The, um, it's, it's a normal, it's like big arms, but it seems to be more in the proportion of control, conscious controllability. And so it's like, yeah, well, that's a head, conscious control. It's not a giant head. What, with con conscious controllability big arms, big, means like higher, this, a greater yeah. precision. But, but here's the thing though, you though were mentioning though that, but now I'm thinking of two point discrimination, that seems pretty conscious to me. And so I'm wondering, why there's this mismatch of like, if you look at the M1 or the S1, M1 Penfield homunculus, it's on the scale of conscious resolution of this discrimination. But then if you look at this hierarchical higher one, which I'm wondering might be like the neural and computational substrate of the lived body or one of the key places, it's not showing that same resolution. And that's the puzzle I'm having. Based on oh. what you just said, like, What's why it? did you lose that resolution in this uh, at that level of control? Because, OK, here's here's the beauty part. You lose the, you lose the resolution because you have integrated all the all the slavish input resolutions, all the all the, you, you filtered it down to simplicity. And it's the simplicity that is required for making the movement. You can't be trying to figure out all the, the trillion computations simultaneously if you want to pick up the cup. You just, it, it has to be simple. So the, so the, maybe the highest, that's, it's, 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 parad in, it's not, it, it sounds paradoxical, but it, it's, uh, maybe it's that's not paradoxical. It's not paradoxical because in order to make, in order to make a, a final output it's far simpler than trillions of of of, of uh, activities so the high so in in the paradoxical sense the highest level of integration is a simple is where everything everything is filtering down to activating a relatively few neurons and that's where i think consciousness is okay because i think you just consciousness resolved, has to be has to be simple i think you just resolved the confusion for me so it's like um, and that's in this figure, that's part of these, like, um, I was thinking of them in like machine learning terms of these kinds of arcs, but this idea of like these filters, this funneling and dimensionality reduction, that's what I was thinking in terms of these cones. But, I, I but, like that. Dimensionality reduction. That's yeah, beautiful. I like, or, yes. or, or compression or, but, uh, but well, the idea it's though. Not, it's not compression. It's integration. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's not just compression. It's, it's actually synergistic. It, it's actually. It's, it's integrate. It's, it's. Uh, it's decision. <laughs> so the I mean, thing, so so while in theory, 
it, I would know if you put like a two, those toothpicks on my face um, or just like in theory of with my hand, like you do the toothpicks, I would have that resolution. However, under normal circumstances, I go to grab the cup, I'm hammering the nail. I'm not paying attention to that fineness. I'm actually under normal circumstances, I'm taking advantage of the fact that I've had this funneling, this filtering, this integrate, this higher, this more, this integration that is able to coarse grain over those details. I'm taking advantage of that for the control. Yeah, I'm not, but, uh, I, I, okay. If I that's, wanted it, I could feel like a little rough piece on the hammer, a, but a, that's not what I'm doing when I'm hammering. That's going to be bad hammering. That's right. However, if you go to pick up a cup and, and there's a, uh, 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 a broken uh, broken shard on the on the on the cup and as you grab the handle you get poked in the finger you know exactly where you you know you you know which finger to pull away from that that particular region so uh, you you uh, that's the i mean that's the beauty of, of the complexity of our brain that we can do we can you know walk and chew gum at the same time you could if do, i need it that information is there if, the, if it exactly was, if it became the... salient you, you would respond to it mm -hmm. but yeah it's true and and, and uh, uh you know we we do uh as a matter of fact i i, I can't remember if i if i uh, mentioned this to you about uh that that we we as you say you you, you when you pick up the cup or when you hit, when you're using the hammer, you're not thinking about a rough spot on the handle, uh, but um, because we focus on one thing, and and you know we do ballistic movements, and and that was what that um, magician uh, when he gave the lecture at the uh, Society for Neuroscience presidential address, he had a, ma a magician. Did I mention that before? There, this ma magician, and and uh, yeah. he was saying how how we don't pay attention when we do when we go, do something like reach for something or or have some uh activity we we uh have the initiation we are aware of the initiation we're aware of the termination but we're not a, aware of the uh the distance of the uh, the ballistic it's a ballistic movement so we're not aware of every step along the way we're only aware of the beginning and the end and he said and that's what pickpockets use that because uh, they they take advantage of the fact that we're not watching during that ballistic movement because we know what is we know we see what starts we know what to expect as the end but we don't pay attention to what's going on in the middle and that's when he he uh, he lifted the wallet and uh, and a calendar from from the president's jacket without in front of a thousand people but necessarily we want this in that case we don't but in, we want this normally because that's what lets us pick up the higher level harmonics that's, that's what gets, right and you know so that's we what gives us the control so, so, uh, so when he when he when the president came over to him uh and and introduced him and he reached over to to uh, and put his hand on the on the president's shoulder that's when he we knew what was going to, we could tell the intention and, you know, he was going to put his arm out to put on the, on the shoulder of the, of the president, which he did. And it was at that moment that, you know, the, the, the magician lifted his wallet with it, another hand and, and in front of a thousand people and no, and nobody saw it. And then he gave the wallet back to the president therefore after he talked about how we don't pay attention to the ballistic part of the movement.
something I wonder about is how many ways do we have to like you're mentioning earlier, like you know the mesolimbic dopamine, the um, nigral motor straddle. dopamine, nigral straddle, and but I was wondering like how many ways are we being conditioned with respect to the implicit motor functions of our thought without realizing it? So like for instance, how many all magic tricks do we pull on ourselves and all without all realizing because we want to like that's you know, that's how we develop skills. Because we have to, we have to develop these ballistic movements. But how often are we like, like for instance, trying to like among the skills, pulling magic tricks on ourselves, if they like help us to let's say like hide from an uncomfortable truth or something like that. Like, like yeah, I'm sure. It's, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's true. I know I do it. Yeah. <laughs> Confession. So. so <laughs> If I could just get back to my the sure. same point, uh, we could get a, 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 these interesting sidetracks. But um, so, so the uh, the homunculus in a in a I you know I show the the homunculus of a of a rabbit and a and a cat, and the uh, the the hands the paws in cats are gigantic. They're like the hands in humans, and the, the paws in the rabbit. The representation of this in the in the homunculus they're tiny but they the the uh so in, in so there's a tremendous difference in the in the poor representation in rabbits versus cats and uh and of course the students say it's because the cats are predators but and the, the rabbits theory, just run what in theory there might be a something of a difference and like let's say there's like an additional like posterior parietal catunculus the the pause might have like a slightly different thing going on. Sure. I'm wondering. Like yeah. I'm wondering, like yeah, because control. Yeah. yeah. Grabbing, grabbing as opposed to running. The, the rabbits don't grab. Cats grab. So that that's represented. Not and not only not only so is the maybe the focus map, particularly on the claws. Yeah. Maybe yeah, it's it is. like yeah, it's an individual. The, the individual. Um, claw. That's where you'd want the real exquisite control. That's like right. Which claws digging into which amount? And and the control of the nails of the claw. So the pad uh, might kind of go a little bit smaller, but then yeah, exactly. It's only it's like that's exactly right. Yeah. So not only is that the true, the body of the cat, but there's the 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 size of different parts of the brain. Uh, like for example. Uh, I see the, the I show him a picture of a shark brain and a frog brain and look at the cerebellum and the the uh, the 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 frog has a tiny cerebellum relative to the rest of the brain, whereas the shark has a gigantic cerebellum that covers the cortex. It, it goes over the cortex. It's so gigantic. And I say to the students, why, why, what can you predict about the lifestyle of those two animals, knowing that you, that the cerebellum uh, controls motor coordination? And they say, well, uh, you know, the frog sits on a lily pad, doesn't do anything. It just flicks his tongue out. Just to using get an the insect. to like the colliculi, just the colliculi, but, the, but the cerebellum is tiny, but in the shark, the shark has a, lives in a three-dimensional world going up and down. And the and, shark is like a, a submarine. It's like, like a it submarine needs, it needs and, track, and, yeah. and, and chasing prey with his whole body, the whole thing. 
And, the frog and, sits and waits usually. That's and right. Just the frog sits and waits. It doesn't have to, salience map is enough. That's that's right. But if you're a submarine going in battle with other submarines, you have to have the, the dogfight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a quiet and, dog or, or, or chase or chase predator or chase the prey if you're hungry. You know you gotta. So that's one one example. Another example is a beautiful example is um, two two species of um, buzzard. There's a carrion buzzard and a, 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 a predator buzzard. And they're very, they're the same, same species. But, and, and there was this beautiful demonstration shown uh, a guy, uh, he, he was studying these two different, the two different um, uh, strains of the species. And um, the, the uh, and what he did, we, he put a, a, a carrion, a dead, dead animal, under a, a, a stovepipe, a tall stovepipe, maybe 20 feet high, with a fan blowing air up, up the stovepipe. And, um, and then uh, he, he observed that the, the carrion buzzards flying overhead would come down the stovepipe. They would fly down into the stovepipe. But the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the turkey buzzard would ignore it, just fly right right past it, and the looking at the olfactory bulb of those of the turkey buzzard versus the carrion buzzard, the 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 carrion buzzard had an enormous olfactory bulb relative to the rest of the brain, and the uh, the turkey buzzard that uh, goes after turkeys it's a, it's a predator had a tiny 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 olfactory bulb so, so, much, that, so that it's enslaved to the olfaction that's right it enables you know olfactory sensitivity as opposed to not necessary and to a large degree though like the strongest shape around behavior the strongest shape around the that's right the life it, world of that because creature. the more neurons there are the more you, the, the more uh, flexible uh, they, that that behavior can be the more responsive to different uh, differential stimuli and differential movements, all that. So um, it's it's uh, and you know birds are notorious for having tiny olfactory bulbs, almost invisible. They're tiny, but here's this this carrion buzzard that has a gigantic olfactory bulbs. Another thing is the uh, you mentioned the, the tectum. In the case of birds, the they the, the tectum. The, the optic tectum, the, the, mm. the uh, superior colliculi, um, they become so enormous in birds because they're, they're involved in, in visual, um, visual like integration in space. Like an eagle or a, or a hawk. You'd expect yeah. them to have like particularly they, large. Not only, not only is it large, but it becomes a major lobe of the brain. If you look at the, at the brain of a sparrow, for example, the optic lobe is enormous. It's bigger than the cortex. It, it becomes its own brain structure, not also just- useful for avoiding, even if you're not a hunter, just avoiding collisions. Co avoiding collision, not, I mean, I, I, I marvel at at, at uh, sparrows, you know, the, the, I see a, a chain link fence with, you know, with little, little, di and little, little diamonds and the sparrows, they fly right into it and land, you know, in, you know, they'd land and stop right in right in one of those little diamond shapes, spaces that's that's barely big enough for its body. So to be able to a, get that 
precise aim, going at high speed right into the fence and stopping on a dime and not and and, and folding the wings so that it, they can fit in that diamond, which is practically the same size as the as the bird itself. I mean, it's remarkable. That might be the strongest determiner. Like, it might not even be the case that like um, more visual hunters have even proportionally larger like tectums because maybe it's like it's just a yeah. bigger factor. Just that sort of if you're making fast decisions visual, based on the integration visual of the decisions. visual and, and your appropriate yeah. to pose, like yeah. you need that. That you that, need, that takes you need precision. You need yeah. the precision. Hey. Yeah. How are we, we got to run? Oh, okay. All right. So, in other words, not only is it more neurons give you better precision and more more sensitivity, uh, more precision of of sensation and and movement, but it, the greater neurons, it can be so so much greater that it actually becomes a shape of the nervous system, and that's true in the in the Visible lumbar to the naked eye visible to the naked eye easily visible to the naked eye uh the the uh, lumbar and uh cerv cervical and lumbar enlargement you don't even need the magic cap to see this one you can just not at look, all you just yeah. open it up and look at it and you can tell you can tell uh, i mean you by looking at the spine I, I, this is another example like looking at the spinal cord of of a of a uh, of a, a, re a reptile or i mean of, a, of an alligator versus a turtle there's a tremendous difference in the spinal cord. We can talk about that next time. Or well, I can show you the picture of it. It's, it's just by looking at it, you can tell the difference between between a, you know, which which one belongs to the uh, to the alligator and which one one belongs to the turtle. Okay, I like that. So let's dig into sure. the spine next time. Okay, sure. Like the spinal cord. The spinal from, cord. from the spine. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's a source of confusion. But okay, yeah. Uh, Sure, I, I can. I have a nice story about the spinal cord. I love the spinal yeah. cord. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, and I'm, you know, so you've been dragged into the cortex. Um, I'm, I'm, I want to be dragged back into the spine. Oh, sure. So, spinal cord. Spinal cord. <laughs> Thank you. I'll talk to okay. you soon, Barry. Okay, great. Uh, as always, Adam, this is really. Uh, uh, can you send me your paper? That paper, because yeah. I'd like to use that. I'd like to use that figure. It's really, uh, I love it. It's it's a great figure because, yeah, there 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 are all kinds of. Not only are there homunculi all over the brain, but there are different kinds of homunculi, and that's what I that's what I wrote in uh, in, in my theoretical paper on consciousness. So anyway, and, and we're we can talk into that some more too. Well, we could do that, and and also the idea that the whole filtering, the whole thing of funneling down and filtering into simplicity, that I think has to be where consciousness resides, our subjective awareness, because it has to be simple. We uh, we'd be hopelessly confused if we have to pay attention to a trillion computations. It has to be. It has to come down to uh, nuts and bolts. So and we can make it easy. coming down to a kind of action-oriented body map. Exactly. Maybe couples with a visual spatial field. That's where consciousness is. And maybe that's it is just an action-oriented body map coupling with a visual spatial the, field. The action-oriented body map just before the action is the action-oriented body map that is where our consciousness is. Space with a lived body at the center where the body. We, now we just have right to figure out abstraction for control. Where, where that is. 
<laughs> but it may be all over the brain. That's the, that's a, but it's some, but it's conceptually, it's got to be somewhere and it's got to be simple. A baby okay, has to was, use it. Let's talk about that some more next time too. Okay. A baby has to be able to use the, the, uh, its brain. So it's got to be simple. Nobody's teaching it. Animals have to be able to use their brain. They're not paying attention to the trillions of computations. Okay. That's okay. We're done. Could be inferior <laughs> lateral parietal. We'll see. Okay. Whatever. Let's talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Have a good week.